Shalom everyone, it's so good to be here with you today and we are excited because today we're in, as you can see, a new space. Today we are in our new studio space uh, here at Rise on Fire and we're so excited about this because this is going to be a new project, a new avenue to discuss the Bible and bring the Bible to you. Um, I would like to before I say anything else, just say a huge praise and thank you to the Father who has made this happen and our partners who, through whom He has done so. Um, all our partners who have partnered with the ministry to uh, support us, to help us to continue doing the work we're doing here. Um, without you, this would not be possible. And so we'd like to just say a massive thank you for partnering with us. Um, today, as our first video um, in this space, we'd like to have a discussion, uh, me as well as Christina today, and uh, we want to talk to you guys a little bit about um, our recent travels through the United States during this past fee season during Sukkot, uh, what we are seeing in the messianic slash Torah slash full Bible movement, whatever you want to call it, and um, where we're seeing the Father take things and also some of the big questions that we have had come up, you know, because what we're really doing, if you don't know, is we're going to conferences, churches, places, fellowships, and we're proclaiming what the Father's doing all around the world. He's pouring out his spirit He's bringing truth about, but also bringing his spirit about in the hearts of people. And with that, there is a lot of things to work through, as you can imagine, because there has been when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there is so much history and baggage, if you will, abuse that many of us have gone through and many misunderstandings, many weird teachings. And with all this, it's very important for correct teaching to go forth. And some of the questions that were asked in our recent travels, I think, are just so good. And we just want to share some of them um, with you here today. So um, one of the first questions that uh, I want to talk about with you guys um, is really one that was uh, asked to me by uh, right after a sermon. There was a lady who came to me and she she said, Petey, I am, she came to me with tears in her eyes and she said, Petey, I am so overwhelmed because, and, and she, she received a revelation and she said that she was, she's been in, you know, churches where the Holy Spirit is active and happening and, and spiritual gifts are welcome and things of that sort. And then she saw a lot of weird things and she saw abuse. She saw things she didn't agree with. And she just it drove her away from that group of people. And then she went to another group of people, a new group, the Torah keeping, Bible keeping circle of people. And as she arrived there, she learned a lot and she was excited about the Bible and all the things that she was uncovering. However, what she then found was that, wow, there's a lot of bad fruit in this circle of people that she was surrounded by. And there was a lot of 
other things just that, that bothered her about it and this specific group of people that she was around. And in the sermon that day, I talked about this. And what I talked about is how, as people, right, what we, we like fellowship, like we like to be around people who are like-minded to us. But her big breakthrough was that, wow, I... I don't, I, you know, first, first she was in this position where I don't know where to go. I like, you know, like, do I go to this group because there's issues there? Do I go to that group because there's issues there? Well, like, where do I go, right? And as she's in this struggle, she was so confused, like, God, where do I go? And as we talked, she realized, well, I, it's not that I have to follow a certain circle of people, a group of people. It's not that I have to mold myself into their image and be like they are. But I can be free from simply people, but I can become one and I have to become one with Yeshua above all. Like that's where it's at. And now in fellowship is so important, right? And, and being around people, that's important, that's powerful. But ultimately, it was her, her realizing, well, but but I don't have to fit in a denomination. I don't have to fit in to a movement. I can just make sure that I'm imitating Yeshua, right? That is so key because so often we get on this con this idea that we have to have the label the well i am a, a pentecostal i am a seventh day adventist i am messianic or you know any of these labels that you know can be you know has been used right we've grown up using them and so as we're coming to different truths that god is revealing to us maybe it's the holy spirit maybe it's the torah and the beauty of you know his festivals and all these things we look for unconsciously another label to adopt but yet it's as simple as following yeshua and that's a big deal, right? Like, because I've been in conversations with people often where it's, you know, what do we call ourselves? You know, because some people, they don't, they got, they don't like the Christian label because there's people who are Christians who aren't good Christians. So I'm not going to call myself a Christian now. And then there's the other, there's a bunch of labels. You know, some people like to use the label, oh, I'm a Hebrew because that's, they feel very connected to that or you know, and, and for me, brothers and sisters, my philosophy, if you will, is simply I am a disciple. If you want to attach a label, I'm I'm a disciple. I I'm following Yeshua. Because I think we can all agree on that's what we want to be. It's not that I want to become part of I'm not a Baptist. I'm not a Seventh Adventist. I'm not a Catholic. I'm not a Lutheran. I'm not a because man. Who's Yeshua coming back as, right? Like, is he coming back as a, a Seventh Adventist? Is he going to come back as a, a Lutheran? Like, no, he he's coming back as the way, the truth, and the life through which no one comes through any other gate except through that gate which he is. You know, right? that reminds me, I'll just interject, of um, a visiting preacher that came to a church I went to as a child and this preacher he had a very southern baptist accent and this can apply to any denomination he was happened to be a baptist but I remember one thing that he told us as children it's not the seventh-day adventists God wants it's not the presbyterians 
God wants. It's the Baptists God wants. And so often we each in our own denominations have this sort of similar view. It's not anyone else. It's, it's us as we are in our denomination. And we lose sight of really just as PD has been saying, looking to Yeshua alone and not getting comfortable in our denomination. That's so good. So good. So brothers and sisters, I, I want us to move on to uh, another question today that uh, was asked and, um, you know, someone asked in one of the Q and A's that we had at one of these events. Um, so why aren't we seeing more of this? Like what, why aren't we seeing more of the Holy spirit outpouring? Why aren't we seeing more healings? Like why aren't we seeing more, you know, people just praying for each other and people getting healed and, and, or, or more miracles of, of whatever nature, right? And this is a very good question. And I think it's a good, we just want to take an opportunity to talk just about a few points on this, on, on why this is, you know, I think the biggest issue um, is authority. Okay, so, um, and one way that I can explain this to you is, you know, just to use an anal analogy, um, just imagine that you have a, a father and a son Okay, the father, he is a businessman. He has a, a car sales business. And the son works for the father as it typically goes in a family business. And as the son is working, he gets to become a good car salesman. He gets to know all the knowledge about the cars and how to sell a car and etc. etc. And then the father comes to, you know, an older age and he gets to a place where he wants to give the business over to his son for his son to become an executive, uh, uh, the boss, if you will. And the son, he gets the business and he receives it. He starts leading it, if you will. But there are issues that come into this business. Many people take advantage of the son. Many things fall apart. And by the way, so the son is actually not a good leader because the son, while he knows really well how to sell a car, like in terms of, you know, how a car works and how to sell one, he never learned how to be a leader because he never learned his own authority. And see, that's the key is you can learn a lot of knowledge, a lot of stuff about the Bible, right? Mm. You can learn a lot of um, information about, you can know all the Bible verses. Good things. Yeah. Yeah. But when it comes to, do you know your authority? That's a totally different thing. And it comes along with knowing your identity yeah. in Messiah as a son, as a daughter of the king. It's like if a, a prince, right, didn't know he was the son of the king and so went out into the town and didn't know he was the son of the king, didn't act like he was the son of the king. And so people can take advantage of him, like in your example. Right, exactly right. And so, you know, it's kind of there's another example we could use. You know, I have a friend. He's a he's a policeman, uh, amazing guy. And he um, told me this once. He said, hey, he, you know, because he's a he's a. a is a seasoned policeman. And he said, hey, when I take on a new trainee policeman on the streets for his first day, right, and he gets to encounter criminals, the criminals are really quick to be able to determine who is the new guy, who's the new policeman, and who is the seasoned policeman. 
But how, how does a criminal know that? Because the new policeman isn't familiar with his own authority yet as a policeman and what it entails to be a policeman. While the new, while the seasoned policeman knows his authority, exercises his authority and doesn't allow the criminals to take advantage or, or to do anything weird. You see, so my, my question to you is, is does the enemy Satan and the kingdom of darkness, do they know that you know that you know what your authority is? Because ultimately, if you don't know your own authority, the demons will know, well, he doesn't even know who he is. Uh, we, we can take advantage of this guy because he doesn't know who he is. But the moment that we know who we are, we understand that we are, as Christina mentioned, a son, a daughter of the king. And what does that mean for us? Right? Like, does that mean it means that we are a part of this royal priesthood, royal family? And Yeshua, he he was on earth and he did many mighty miracles and things. He said um, in Luke 9, verse 1, he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure all diseases. So not only did he have power to to overall demons and to cure all diseases, but he himself said that I give you authority to do that. And, and what does that mean? Right. Like, what does that mean for our lives? Mm, that's so true. And I know as we've been talking about one reason why people like the question was asked, why are we not seeing this through a lack of a th understanding of the authority? Another thing that I know I can relate with is why are we not seeing this? Because it's uncomfortable. It's awkward. It is. We don't see anyone else doing it. We don't know how it, what it should look like. But, you know, one thing I was mentioning to PD earlier is that the irony in this uncomfortable thing that it, you know, what it means to walk in the Holy Spirit is that the way Yeshua described the Holy Spirit is as our comforter. So it's kind of as we right. step out of our own comfort zone, we step or step into God's comfort zone, you can say, which is totally different, but yet it brings fulfillment. It brings shalom in a whole new amazing yeah, I mean, way. It, it does. It doesn't make sense because, you know, you think about it, like he says, go into the world, uh, preach the gospel. Okay. Well, first of all, that's not comfortable. <laughs> like, like, like that's one, that's one of the most uncomfortable things that you could do. But then he says, but I'm sending you a Holy Spirit who's going to be with you. And like Christina said, is the comforter. But in the, when the Holy Spirit leads me by nature, it's uncomfortable sometimes. It can be awkward. You know, go pray for that stranger. What? Yeah. What do I say? <laughs> yeah, because see, it's interesting because it's it's uncomfortable for the flesh. Mm. It's uncomfortable for for the carnal mind and but for our spirit, it's the most comforting thing ever because it's exactly where you belong. Yes. It's exactly what fulfills you and uh, makes you content. And because you're walking out your created purpose, mm -hmm. right? What he literally told you, this is what you do when after I send, after I ascend and send my Holy Spirit. And so then his comforter f fills us, comforts us as he lives within us. Right. Amen. Yeah. And so, you know, when we think about this, you know, um, you have 
um, what Christina mentioned, there's there's this uncomfortable thing, and, and I think it's a lot of it has. It, look, it's always a little uncomfortable for the Flash, no matter how mature or seasoned you get in, in any of this, right? But there's also this false fear that of, often accompanies this. I feel, and it's this fear of, well, what if something bad happens? Like, what if um, I do something wrong or I heard God's image or I say something wrong or what if this person just gets, you know, if I'm afraid of people, like what if um, this person just gets like really angry at me or something? And, and, if, and if I'm afraid of people, that's like a really scary thing to approach a stranger, you know, for some of us who are maybe introverts or whatever, even, you know, um, but, you know, what I've realized is that Yeshua wouldn't tell us to go and do something that is going to be detrimental to his kingdom. Okay, so if he tells you, hey, I want you to go into the world and I want you to proclaim the gospel mm-hmm. um, and you go and do that, or I want you to go into the world and lay your hands on the sick and see them recover and you go and do that, that's not going to be like hurting his kingdom. That's not going to be like, like, even if someone, even if you lay your hands on the sick and the person doesn't get well in that moment, like, like it doesn't happen the way you anticipated. And then you can easily walk away from that and be like, well, I failed. But that's not necessarily, that is not a failure. That's success because you were obedient because why we pray is. We don't pray to get results. We pray simply because. God told us to, and he is the one who brings about the results. He is the one who brings about whether it be a healing, whether it be whatever that might, you know, the answer to that prayer might be. In the end, he simply said, do this, walk as I walked. Amen, right? So if we pray for, uh, for main reason for prayer is simply, I, I, I do it because he told me, just like any other of the instructions, you don't understand all the commandments that God gives. Some of them are just plain weird when you're introduced to them. But when you and then you just do it out of obedience and faith that, hey, this is probably a good idea, even though I don't understand it. And then after you do, you see, wow, there's immense blessing in it and you see why. And but you the reason you do it is simply because he told you to. Right. And now the key thing is kind of like when Peter stepped out of the boat, it is taking that first step. I mean, it looks really scary, especially that first time you do something. I know speaking personally personal experience it is incredibly terrifying to go do something you haven't done before that's you haven't seen done before you don't see other people doing it around you you know fellow believers like the person asked in the original question why aren't we seeing this well because it needs to start with you Mm. and that's the point right while we're bringing all this up is because you know you could if you understand your authority you understand what's been given to you you understand that he actually gave all that to me but then if you don't step out, you know, I guess that's that's what we're getting to is, well, mm. why aren't we seeing as much of this? Because not many of us are actually stepping out to see any of this. And mm. so if we don't step out um, of our comfort zone right. to be comforted instead by the comforter, the Holy Spirit, instead right. of just our flesh and taking comfort in our flesh, then we'll start seeing the things of the spirit more. Um so the other aspect of this is if it's not just the fear of man, there's also a more 
prideful place thing that that plays a role here because if we're very concerned about what man thinks of us like if if i'm like if I, if you're a stranger right and i come to you and i'm like i i don't know if she's gonna think i'm weird she's gonna think i'm um you know um i'm a fool or or I'm going to look silly. What do I say? How do I pray? You know, I'm going to lose my train of thought. Yeah. All the different thoughts that come to mind and how is it going to affect my image? Um, I'm going to look stupid. And even though that might not seem prideful, it might even seem like, you know, you're just, you're shy. And, you know, I, again, I'm an introvert. I can relate. <laughs> but it is an element, it has an element of pride because you're more concerned about your image than representing the father's image to someone else. Right, and then to bring us to our, I guess, last part of this topic here is, um, is I want to ask you a question of how hungry are you for all of this? Because ultimately it is our hunger that, you know, even though we, we just mentioned some barriers, right? We mentioned like how how scary it can be or how, you know, we need to die to ourselves. And, and if we have pride and we care about what people think more than what he thinks and have told us to do, we won't do it. But ultimately, the only thing that really is going to convince you to look further than any of this is, well, how hungry are you is for you to be very hungry for this and for his spirit and to see all of this. And if you don't have this hunger, um, prayer is where all this is birthed from. Prayer is the place where hunger is birthed to see people <clears throat> saved. And prayer is where, um, where, where our relationship with the Father is matured. And, and to be honest, you know, Christina, I mean, I think we know, like, pr the lack of prayer in Western Christianity is a massive issue. Yeah, I mean, going back to something you had said before that really actually spoke to me was how can you take your faith out in public and have anything, expect to have anything to give if you haven't grown that faith in private, in that intimate relationship with the Father? How can you, if you don't have an intimate prayer life and a powerful and a, an active and alive prayer life, if you don't have anything, any water in your jar, how can you go take that jar to someone else? you'll find yourself coming up empty. So we have to go to the well daily. So I know one question that we have been asked before, and it's a really good question is, you know, so when you pray, how do you know if it's God's will to heal that person? You know, when you're commanding someone to, to for the pain to go or all these things, right? Isn't that commanding God to do something and, you know, how would you answer that? Yeah, you know, and that's that's a good point. You know, when we, we just spoke about like authority, right? And when we speak about authority, um, what we're really saying actually is, you know, in knowing your authority, that means your prayers are going to change. Like you're going to start praying like Peter prayed, like Paul and like Yeshua prayed. They all, and the rest of the disciples, they all prayed with authority, you know, if you look at, for example, um, Peter, you know, with that man who was uh, lame, he said, hey, I don't have silver or gold, but here, this is what I have. Get up and walk. Right. Okay, that's like a very authoritative. That's not like, that's see, that's different from, 
hey, Jesus, if you want this man to walk, please let him walk. Like, okay, I'm not saying it's necessarily or anything wrong with a prayer like that, but I'm just saying that they prayed in an authoritative way, understanding their authority, and they exercised that authority. But the key is that we're not commanding God to do something. Mm. Want to explain that? Yeah, yeah, we're not. We're what we're doing is it's we God has given us authority, right? And in the authority He gives us, we exercise it. So when I say, you know, when Peter said, um, "Hey, get up and walk," he was basically in the, that moment speaking to this man, speaking to the spiritual realm, the demons, the oppression, oppression, the sickness, mm -hmm. the lameness, whatever it was that was his bondage. And he was basically commanding all of that bondage to fall off and this man to get up, right? And so um, that's what we're doing, right? When we're praying in authority. So uh, that's why we, you would hear, you know, when I ever pray, you know, I, I personally, I would just pray, you know, like uh, I speak to this leg, leg, I command you be made whole or sickness, I command you to leave or, you know, whatever the case is, you know, when we are exercising this authority, our prayers start changing. And, and so, you know, Christina, what you mentioned, is very good because, you know, you mentioned how, um, isn't it us commanding God? No, it's not because God sent his Holy Spirit and we're walking that up. But now, you know, um, he's the one who brings the results. Yes, he's the one who does it. But we exercise right. the authority he gives us. It's right. like a power of attorney, right? It's kind of, I can give you power of attorney to do things on my behalf. And in fact, that's what God did. He, Yeshua said, it's good that I go because I'm sending my power of attorney for you. My Holy Spirit, if you will, who's going to indwell you and who's not going to work through you. So he's giving us a responsibility to continue what he did. And yeah, um, but but you asked the second aspect of things, and that is, you know, what if it's not God's will right. to heal? And, and you know, if we are praying um, for something and it's not God's will at that moment, aren't we then working against his will? So that's a big dilemma because now if I'm going to pray for you today, but it's not God's will for you to get healed. Now I start to ask, well, maybe I shouldn't pray because maybe it's not God's will because, but see, yeah, now I, I'm... Yeah. I've become, I've put myself on God's seat and on his throne to decide what his will or what his will isn't instead of simply just doing what he told me to do. And in the end, he is the one who brings the results. Right. So when we're talking about, is it God's will? Well, the answer is pretty simple and it is simply that, well, yes, it is God's will because Yeshua was the express image of God on the earth and Yeshua, Jesus he healed people upon the earth. Like that's like one of his main, that's what he's most, one of the most famous things he's known for, right? And so was he working against the Father's will and did he ever turn anyone down who came to him? No, he didn't say to anyone, oh, I can't pray for you because it's not God's will today, maybe tomorrow. No, or, or you, you, sorry, he never did that. But yet we make many excuses. We make many things up for why not? We try and explain things. But he never did. Now, when we think about why do I say it's God's will? Well, th think about this. I mean, when we think about like heaven, right? Right. Is there going to be sick people in heaven? No. So why not? Because, I mean, it's God's will for all to be healthy. To be whole. 
Is there any, anyone with demons or bondage in heaven? No. No, because it's God's will for everyone to be free. Now, I mean, Christina, let me ask you this then. Um, when Israel was in the wilderness, in the story of the Exodus, did God want them to be in the promised land? Absolutely. But why weren't they? Because they had some things they were struggling with, <laughs> like sin, like rebellion. And they had some things that they had to learn. And God was teaching them in that wilderness to trust in him. Yeah, exactly. Right. So there was a purpose to that that trial, that road that they were on. There was a reason. You see, and, and here's the deal, like this reason for why someone doesn't get the promised land today can be too many to talk about today, many reasons. And many of those reasons are so much higher than we can understand because mm -hmm. God is hes so much bigger and he sees the big picture, right? Um, his ways are above our ways. Yes, his ways are above our ways. Um, but as we try and navigate all of this, we do know that even though if, even though if we're not sure whether today is the day, we know his will is freedom. His ultimate will is freedom. So whenever we're therefore praying for someone to be free, to be healed, whatever, we're never going against his will because it is his will. Mm. Whether it be today or tomorrow, it's his will. Right. Right. So uh, it's very, so brothers and sisters, we don't have to worry about, you know, um, Oh, I, you know, I can't pray for this person because, well, what, what if it's not God's will? I need to first pray and, and really feel peace that it's his will for this person to be prayed for today. Like, like I don't do that because I don't need to, because he already told me in his Bible, in his word, in the Bible, what he wants me to do. I don't have to second guess him by asking him every time, hey, God, do you want me to pray for this one or that one? Well, he already said, go into where the world the entire world right and so yes. when we're going into the world we're going to the world that's what he called us to okay mm. so, so i don't know if you have anything to add i know there's one last question that i mean i know i have been asked as well as i've wondered myself is what about that person that we've prayed for that person that the whole congregation, the whole church, you know, your, their family, they all prayed for that person, but yet they did not get healed and maybe they even passed. What about cases like that where, you know, we believe and we know that God desires wholeness and healing and life, but what about these instances? Yeah, and, you know, this is a good question. You know, what's so important, right, is... You know, when we when we have experiences with with all of this, there's going to be these experiences that are really bad. Like I'll be honest with you, there's a, there's been a lot of times like in my life where, you know, I had these experiences of I really uh, believed and hoped and trusted and everything like that that this person was going to get healed or whatever, and right. and and it doesn't didn't happen the way I thought, right? right. And that breaks your heart, right? And that makes you want to, to just, just be honest. That makes you want to like never pray for anyone again. To give up and say, well, must, you know, must not be for today. Maybe it's, you know, healing. God doesn't heal anymore. Right. Even. And that can, and let me be honest with you. I feel like this thing right here is one of the main reasons why many people just stop. 
Like they they don't want to deal with that that um, unfortunate situation, mm. and so they just totally avoid praying for someone because hey, if I don't pray for anyone, then well, yeah, they're we're not. I'm not gonna have to not see them get healed. But guess what? When you don't pray for them, you certainly won't see them get healed. Mm. And when you pray for them, you can see them get healed. And now, you know, what What do we do with, or what, what is the explanation, you know? And, and that's such a big question that, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, we can't answer, right? Yeah. I, like I can't, that's like asking the question of, you know, oh, why is it that some people get some, uh, a husband or a wife at age 19, just out of high school and it's God who did it, it's amazing. And then you have right. someone who, who they're old and they're getting older and older and they're they're desiring someone else but god is just not bringing someone else like why is that like yeah. there's so many things that we we don't understand but what i know is i understand that my god is holy good wonderful and he desires good things to come to us to he desires us to be blessed he desires to use us powerfully he desires us to be in his will and he sees the world in a way that we don't right he sees our past present future he sees the world around us and how one singular event will impact the world around us i mean think about paul right like if you think about like paul He's this man who didn't get married. Uh, you know, I know this is a little, we're, we're taking a little bit of a, but I'm just making an example right. here. Like, he didn't get married. And he could have been the person who was like, well, man, God, why don't you let me get married? Yeah. You failed me in this area, so why should I trust you? Why should I even follow yeah, you? Yeah, the only thing I ever wanted in life was a wife. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. but he didn't do that. He was, in fact, like, I wish for all to be as I am. <laughs> like that's crazy right like like taking such pleasure in the position and place that god has placed you for the time that you are that doesn't mean you give up a hope no i mean i i don't know paul i don't know where he was at with this but but you know it it, it doesn't mean that oh you know I, I i give up hope necessarily it just means that for the season that i'm in right now god i am content yes. and i take comfort in god's will and so in the same way when it comes to other things now, whether it be praying for someone to be free from something healing um, or whatever, you know, there are there's many reasons why it could not be. And it would take hours for us to talk about. And then I would not even be able to know all of the reasons. Right. Um, yeah. But but ultimately, what is so important for us is to make sure that we don't let what we do we, what we don't see impact what we should right and what the bible says is available to us and the freedom that god has for us you know there are people to just to just i guess give one example that's practical for everyone who's listening here you know if you um there are certain people brown sisters who you know who they're stuck in in in, in sin right and and even if they got healed today from a certain physical affliction, next month it would be back and it could be worse because the reason for their physical affliction was not even just a physical ailment, but it was the way that they think and their mind is not renewed. All right, the lies that they believe about themselves or about others, about God, 
And when you start believing lies about yourself that, you know, this, the enemy will tell us lies that you're not good enough. You're not meeting the mark. You're not capable enough. And the guilt, the shame, the pressure, the stress that we begin to feel, that is also, it takes a toll on our bodies as well. And we believe these lies and it forms our identity. Yeah, that's a really good example. Like, you know, if, if we are, uh, extremely um, uh, self-critical, anxious all the time, living in fear. By the way, did you know that that, that it, is a, it, is, it is not lawful, it is not being obedient to God for us to carry our own burdens? Because Yeshua gave a commandment. He says, give your burdens unto me. I know that sounds like a very burdenous commandment. <laughs> no, that's that's it's amazing, right? He's saying, um, "Give it unto me, right. give it up, like, and I will let give go, you, and I will give you shalom. I will give you rest." Well, what if yeah. there's a reason he said that? Like, what if there's a freedom that is available to us if we were to give our burdens unto Him? And I want to submit to you that, you know, this is just, we're just touching on one little thing here, but it's a massive thing, one mm -hmm. of a, a big deal. That, for example, of why, man, like you could get healed today, but if you don't renew your mind and change the way you mm -hmm. think, what does it help you? Because you're in bondage here, even though you're free in your, you feel free in your body for a, for a season, but the real actual root issue and root bondage is actually the way you think. And in the way you think, if you have bondage there, that's even more dangerous oftentimes than having any kind of physical infirmity or ailment or anything of that it's sort. It's like the example if someone had an addiction to something, right? And that addiction, you know, affected their body and their health. And they sought healing and prayer for that affliction, but they never stopped the thing that they were addicted to that was causing this affliction, that issue, that sickness, that illness, whatever it is, will come back because they haven't addressed the root issue. Exactly. And that's why, you know, Yeshua said to the one guy uh, after he got healed, now go and sin no more, mm -hmm. lest something worse happens to you. And sometimes it can be a sin we don't see. We don't know. It's a blind spot. And so mm -hmm. it's going to the Father, you know, that intimate prayer time and asking him to reveal what that might be. Mm. You know, is it the lies we've believed about ourselves that we didn't even know we've believed? Mm. I mean, living in constant fear. Yeah. That's another one. Like, we're not allowed to live in constant fear if we are believers, brothers and sisters, because that means that you do not fear God. It means you fear Satan more than God. Because if you fear God, that means that you are, you by definition believe he's more powerful than all the things that you ought not to be fearing right your circumstances but yeah we so easily fall into that i mean i know yeah. i have it's easy mm. and we don't realize we've fallen into it until he might show us and then yeah yeah <laughs> change course yeah yeah so we're just trying to i mean we just touched on a few little things here and and um i guess the point is just that whatever is going on right whether it's something like this or whether it's just a demon that needs to be cast out or whether it's someone who just needs to be, who needs to just hear the gospel. That's another yeah. thing. Just they need to understand the gospel. Um, or the renewing of the mind that, that has to happen. They need to, you know, for some people, they need to get, they'll get freedom by studying the word and changing the way they think and repentance, renewing their mind. Whatever it is, though, whatever this path to freedom is, because it looks very different for, for all of us and it looks very different from issue to issue for us but regardless 
that journey for an individual should not be a thing that pushes us away from ministering that freedom to them. Mm. Because the one thing it all has in common is Yeshua. Yeah, whether whether it's a boom, you got healed. Right, which we've seen, it's amazing. Oh, I love that, man. It's incredible. But it's not always like that. It's not always that instantaneous and amazing like that. But Mm. And sometimes there's more of a journey. But just because the journey to freedom looks different, can look different for someone, and it's not the way that I wanted it to be and as instant as I wanted it to be, man, should that be the thing that is that that pushes me away from even trying my best mm. and believing my best for them to to receive this because mm. remember just one more thing that's coming to mind is yeah um do you remember how um yeshua came to the disciples after they tried to cast out the demon mm. and the demon they don't want to leave and the disciples were probably like scratching their heads like <laughs> what's going on here and then yeshua he corrects them and he says you have unbelief and because of this unbelief this one is not coming out but by prayer and fasting in other words pray and fast to get rid of your unbelief and then this demon would have left how many demons have not left because we had unbelief and then when they don't leave we like to point the finger at god and say god i guess it wasn't your will Mm. And, and and we blame god for our unbelief what if you see and this is why brothers and sisters i like to personally when it comes to this stuff i like to make sure that my i'm doing my best even though i often i'm i'm i have a lot to grow in still but i'm trying my best to believe to rip myself of unbelief to keep my side of the plate clean if you will do i don't have any so i don't have any any blockage any issue with having someone get freedom but so that I can do, just let the Father flow through me. I, I don't want Yeshua to have to come to me and be like, well, just get rid of your unbelief and this demon would have left. No, right? This is just a little bit of the questions that we've been receiving. And I really hope that this is just giving you a perspective that is maybe new, giving you something new to think about. Um, if it has, consider sharing this video with your friends, liking it. And uh, brothers and sisters, we're so yeah. excited because we believe the spirit is going forth yeah. over across this movement. People are getting more and more hungry. There's We baptized so many people, praise God. And yeah. we saw, well, not even me. I you know we saw people getting baptized by other people, which is, even, which is even better. And if I'm not the one doing it and I'm seeing others do it, I'm like, yes, it's amazing. And, and we saw people speak in tongues and we saw people, it was awesome. So pray for the spirit of God to be poured out and for people to have their hearts opened and mm-hmm. eyes opened to what God is doing all across the earth today. And the last thing is a lot of us, we look for where the revival is happening. Mm. Is it there? Is it there? Let's go to this meeting. And it's, it's not wrong to go fellowship and to go, you know, pray with others and learn good teaching. But at the same time, the revival starts with you. Yeah. Become the revival. Mm. Become the revival. We'll leave it at that. Shalom. Shalom.